Hey guys, welcome to the Crosswords and Culture podcast. I hope you had a great weekend and I hope this week is off to an incredible start. Today on our podcast, we're going to be asking the question and answering this question, is this really the most wonderful time of the year? And we hear that song, we hear it spoken, but is that really true? Why is Christmas the most wonderful time of the year? Maybe for you, this time of the year just exposes to an even greater degree your weariness. And it's deeper than just physical weariness. There, there's an emotional and spiritual weariness. And even though we're good at putting on Instagram faces, inside we need something that is more than this world could ever give. And perhaps it's not just the weariness of your life, but it's the messiness too. There's, there's just stuff you're going through and dealing with that is overwhelming and it's weighing you down. Maybe it's this, the lingering of COVID-19. It, it seems like we've been going through this for so long and it is weighing you down and there's even the messiness of it as well. Maybe you have, have gone through the illness of this. Maybe you've experienced it yourself. Maybe you have family members who have experienced this or, or maybe you've lost a loved one to complications with COVID-19, or you know someone who, who has, who's been affected by this. And it just seems like it continues to go on and on, and it's affecting you. It's affecting people, I know, deeply in their, in their psyche, in their emotions. I've seen this firsthand, how people are, are, are depressed because of this. It's contributing to their depression or because they're, they're experiencing isolation. And it is just, it is affecting so many people. And there's just a weariness that has come with this. Or maybe it's not COVID-19. Maybe that's part of it. But maybe it's this political cycle. You talk about something that that feels as though it's been going on forever and ever. You're, you're just weary of this too. And it, and it is certainly messy. I, I know that we have people in the media who have who have said that Joe Biden is the president-elect, but the truth is that it's not been certified. It continues to run its course as it should because we want to be a nation that that has uh, fair elections. And, and you, know, you have to not be seeing things, really. I mean, I know that the media is not reporting a lot on this, but there are a lot of things that just seem... Um, fishy about this. There, 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 there are some things that just don't set right. And so it's going to run its course. It's going to go through the court systems. And and I pray before long, we will know who is uh, the duly elected and fairly elected president of the United States. But 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 maybe the, the politics of it all has just worn you down and you're weary of it. It's contributing to so many things emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally, all of those things because you know God has wired us that way. All of these all of these different aspects um, uh, affect us. Maybe it's what you're seeing in our country, just the the what seems like the collapse of America as we've known it. Um, just a lot of different things. And that's not even to, to talk about the pressures that we experience in everyday life, the pressures and the stresses that come with um, relationships, with marriage, with family, with friendships, or, or maybe your job situation. Maybe it's stressful right now of wondering if you're going to have a job. I know a lot of small businesses right now are really suffering because in some states and in other countries, they're experiencing uh multiple lock they're now in their second third fourth lockdown perhaps and 
and they're fearful that they're losing their business or or maybe some of you have already lost your business and it's just added to the stress and you're weary and you're tired and you don't know what you're going to do. And so all of that plays into this. So it's job, it's financial pressure. And then, and then talk about addictions, things that people have experienced um, even before COVID hit and now has been exacerbated with this. So there's just a lot of stuff maybe you're going through right now that you're dealing with. It's just, it is really overwhelming you and it's weighing you down. And so today I'm hoping that you will hear that there is hope. Uh, I know, I know a hope uh, in Jesus Christ. And I, I hope that even if you would say that you don't believe in God, or maybe that you believe that there is a higher power or a supernatural being, but you're not really, you know, you don't know if we can really know who this being is. Maybe you're agnostic. Maybe you're not atheistic, but but maybe you are an atheist. Maybe you're an agnostic, or maybe you're a person of faith to some degree, and you're, you're still asking a lot of questions. And you know, I just want to share with you what I have found to be hope in the midst of difficult times when life is weary, when I get weary of things and things just seem messy. I believe that that our hope is this, that what we celebrate and who we celebrate at Christmas is for a people who are weary and messy. So this gospel message of Christmas, and that word gospel just simply means good news, and this is good news. This, this gospel message of Christmas, Jesus' arrival into this dark and weary world is hope for broken, sinful lives in a broken, sinful world. And here's what I know to be true. That that I that the whole everybody in the world has sinned. Scripture tells us that, and I think we can look in the mirror and say, you know what? I realize that that yeah, I'm a sinner. I, I I do things that are wrong. I've done things that are wrong. I've done things that that have disobeyed God, and we certainly see that in our world that things are just broken. And so this message, this gospel message of Christmas, that Jesus arrived into this dark and weary world, it is hope for us. So in the Bible, there's a prophet whose name is Isaiah, wrote a book, and and he tells us some 700 years prior to to the birth of Jesus, that the people at that time were walking in darkness and distress. I mean, there was an anguish of the soul and a sense of gloom emotionally and spiritually. In other words, there was much weariness and messiness, and they needed hope. They needed a savior. It, it really does remind me of where we are as a culture right now, that, that we need a savior. Uh, and, and I believe that the savior we need is, is Jesus Christ. He is the only savior of the world. He's the only one who can right what is wrong. He's the only one who can take care of our sin problem. And so the people that Isaiah is speaking about, specifically in Isaiah chapter 8, if you want to read that later, he says that they're walking in darkness and there's distress, there's depression, all of this stuff's going on. And it reminds me of the culture in which we live today. It just seems dark. It just seems as though it's it's just dreary and there is it's a distressing time. And so I read this and I think, okay, I can we can relate to this. So this prophet, though, Isaiah tells these people who are wandering in darkness. Spiritual darkness, emotional darkness, mental, I mean, just darkness. He tells them that there would be one who would come, 
who would be their salvation. And listen to what Scripture says. This is Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. If you've gone to Christmas services before, maybe you're not a religious person. Maybe you don't have, you've not placed your faith in Jesus. You may not even believe that there's a guy, but maybe you've gone to a Christmas service at a church and, and you've heard this verse read before. I want to read it to you again. It's Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And in this one verse is a lot of hope. Listen to what Isaiah writes. He says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now there's so many things about that verse that I love and that speaks to us. First of all, the, the first the first three words, for to us a child is born, and then to us a son is given. This is a gift to us. It's a personal gift that God has given, and it's, it is an act of grace that God would give us his son Jesus, who would be and is our hope. So you talk about amazing gift from God. He would be all of these and so much more. As a matter of fact, Jesus is the all-sufficient Savior who has come to us. And so I'm going to break this down just a little bit, and I hope that you'll see that this is the most wonderful time of the year because it's the, it's the time of the year that we celebrate Jesus Christ who has come. And, and I believe he's coming again because Scripture teaches that. So let's just let's kind of unwrap this gift, if you will, and look at who Jesus is and why he gives us hope, um, not just this time of the year, but every single day of the year. First of all, Isaiah says he's the wonderful counselor. I love what Psalm 32 verse 8 says. The psalmist writes this, I will instruct you. This is God talking to us. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Ah, such an incredible, such an incredible verse that God says he would instruct us and he will teach us in the way we should go. I mean, if you ever needed direction, this verse speaks volumes to us, right? And he counsels us with his eye on us. In other words, he watches us. He's there with us. This is not something we have to go on our loan, go it alone. We don't have to go it alone in the midst of COVID and a political season and, and the situation in your family life or your marriage or your job or whatever. You don't have to go it alone. He, he wants to counsel you and be with you, with his eye upon you. There's another passage of scripture in the Bible, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. One of my favorite passages says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, seek to know him, and he will direct your steps. You know, there isn't a day that goes by where I don't need his counsel. I've found personally that when I try to figure things out on my own, it doesn't go well or it doesn't end well. But God gives wisdom in how to walk through and navigate this life that we live. You know, I started watching a while back this show called Running Wild with Bear Grylls. Maybe you've seen this. Uh, this is the kind of life adventures that I've, I've become drawn to. And, and, and to me, they're bucket list worthy, right? I mean, I, I've, I've done some things in my life that I think are pretty adventurous. I've been blackwater rafting in New Zealand, which that was incredible. It's like floating in an underground river. Um, amazing. I've been able to, to 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 scale an active volcano in the South Pacific in, in, in an island called Vanuatu. 
uh, with a friend of mine, and it was the craziest but the coolest thing. I mean, when your guide tells you after this volcano um, spits out lava bombs, which yeah, that's a real thing, and and your guide tells you to keep your eye on this to, and, he, and saying, look, 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 because he wants you to make sure that the lava bomb doesn't fall on you, that was amazing. So I, I love adventure. One of these days I want to actually jump out of an airplane with a parachute. Of course, I want to go skydiving. Uh, I want to do all those things. So these kind of things really do, um, um, they, 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 I'm drawn to this, but the caveat to that is that I have to have someone who really knows what they're doing in order for me to make it and to survive. Right. I'm glad we had a guide up on this active volcano in Vanuatu. Uh, and, and when I do go skydiving, I want the brother who's going to be going with me in this to have like years and years and years of experience and to be able to know how to pack a parachute and to know exactly when to pull uh, the, the cord on this. I mean, I, I want somebody to know what they're doing so that I can make it to the ground alive, survive this, and enjoy the experience. You see, I, I can't do that on my own because I don't have the knowledge or skill level to do this. I know my limits, but Bear, if you're listening to this, and I know it's a long shot, I get it, I know, man, I'm game, I'm down for that. But in this life, here's the thing, we don't have to go it alone or try to figure out this life on our own. God says in his word, his promise is, I will instruct you. He will instruct us in the way we should go, how we should live. He knows the way because he's ordained every step. And if you want to have less stress, and more joy, then I, I would encourage you, let him counsel you and follow what he says. He is wonderful counselor. And if there's ever a time that we need wonderful counsel, it is now. But he also, Isaiah says, he's mighty God. In Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 27, here's what God says. Behold, I am the Lord the God of all flesh, is there anything too hard for me? In other words, that's God's way of saying, look, guys, there is nothing that's too difficult for me. I mean, there's nothing that is beyond my skill level. There's nothing that I can't do, and not only just do, but excel exceedingly at. He says, I'm the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there, real, is there anything too hard for me? You see, the truth is that there is nothing too big or difficult for him. So rather than wearing yourself out, and trying to do everything on your own, why not trust God with your life? Not just the hard things, but, but all things. You see, there isn't anything that you are going through right now that would make God say, you know, I, I think I'll pass on that one. And when you find yourself wondering if God really is big enough to handle all your stuff, your addictions, depression, anxiety, relationship problems, financial issues, the situation with COVID, what's going on politically, I mean, you name it, all those things that you could say, this is so big, it's huge, I, I, I can't handle it, I don't know if God can handle it, just remember that no one else has, or ever will, spoken anything into existence, upheld the universe and the galaxies by the word of his power parted seas, raised the dead to life, given eternal life. And I could go on and on and on. There is no limit to his power. He is mighty God, and there is nothing too difficult for him. So why not give him all the things you're struggling with right now? Why not give God a chance? Now, he is mighty God. He really is. And then Isaiah says that he is everlasting father. Now remember, this is speaking of the one who would come. It's speaking of 
who Jesus would be to us, that he would be wonderful counselor, that he would be mighty God. But he also is like an everlasting father to us. I, I I love to think about how he never grows weary in caring for our weariness. I mean, just just think about that for a moment. When when I wrote that down in my my journal a while back, it it landed on me in a huge way that he never grows weary in caring for our weariness. You see, Jesus has exemplified fatherlike characteristics towards us. He reveals God the Father's character to us, one who is always there and never leaves, one who fathers us in every moment and in every area of life. And perhaps maybe this is a maybe this is a tender spot for you because you had no relationship with your earthly father. Or it may be there, but it's it's really difficult. You see, we often will view God through the lens of our earthly father. But God is perfect. Our earthly fathers aren't perfect. They may be loving, but they're not perfectly loving. They may be caring, but they're not perfectly caring. They may be present, but they're not perfectly present. But God the Father is. There was a a pastor, theologian, his name is Charles Spurgeon. He once said, There is no unfathering Christ And there is no unchilding us. He is everlastingly a father to those who trust in him. And that is so true. So my encouragement to you is to let God father you well. And take time to sit in his lap and allow him to speak to you and remind you of who you are to him. He's going to tell you that you are loved. That you're accepted. That you are his And maybe you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Well, here's what I know he says to you. He'll say to you, come to me, just trust me. Surrender your life to me. And God says that if you come to him and you place your faith and trust in him, that he will save you and forgive you of your sin. One of the things that weighs down people the most, actually it is what weighs us down the most, is carrying around the sin for which we've not been forgiven. See, God desires to forgive you of your sin, but you must come to him by faith and say, God, I believe that you, through your son Jesus, died on the cross and you rose again from the dead and that you are willing to take my sin and in exchange give me your forgiveness and be a father to me. Be my savior, but be a father to me. And that's the beauty of the gospel. So Isaiah says he is everlasting father. And then he says of Jesus who would come and who has come and who is coming again, that he is Prince of Peace. In the chaos of your own personal life and in this broken world in which we live, there is a peace beyond our comprehension, but never outside the person of Jesus Right? It's only through Jesus that, that we can find true and perfect peace that's lasting. Now, there are a lot, of, a lot of people who say, yeah, if you do this, you're going to have a lot of peace. If you just make a, a lot enough money, you're going to have a peace. If you can, uh, whatever, you fill in the blank. But it's only through Jesus that we really can find true and perfect peace that's lasting. You see, he came so that he might reconcile 
what was broken because of sin. Reconcile is just bringing you know, two pieces that have been broken or torn apart and bringing them back together. And so Jesus came that he might bring back together what was broken because of sin to restore our relationship with God. In Micah, who is a prophet as well in this Old Testament, in Micah chapter 5, verse 5, it says, And he shall be their peace, speaking about Jesus. You see, I, I don't need just a momentary respite from the difficulties and the hurriedness of life. I need something more, something deeper. And I would, I would dare say you do as well. And because, and because that, that's a human longing, we all need that, right? It, it's, a, it's a desire of every human soul. Um, is we want something more, something deeper. We want a peace that will that will last. So, so Christmas really is about Jesus coming to us in the midst of our weariness and messiness and giving us all of who he is to meet all that we truly need. And that's why this is the most wonderful time of the year. I really do pray that if you are weary and life is messy and you're struggling, that you would turn to Jesus. This gift that God has given us, this gift that Isaiah the prophet spoke about 700 years prior to Jesus' birth, and that prophecy came true that he desires to be wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace to you. That's who he is. But he longs for you to experience who he is. That's why Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. And I hope that you will have a wonderful Christmas. I, I, I pray that in the midst of all that's going on, that there is this moment where you will worship the king. It, it, it really kind of reminds me of Bethlehem, where Jesus was born. It, Bethlehem was busy. I mean, the census was being taken. There was craziness. It was chaos and all this. And yet in the midst of the chaos, in this feeding trough, this manger, the prince of peace, the king of the world, the wonderful counselor, mighty God, the everlasting father was born so that we could have hope. This really is the most wonderful time of the year. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. And I, I just want to encourage you, if, if this has encouraged you, um, share this on your social media platforms, if you would. Share it with your friends. Share it with family members that you believe need to hear this. And, and also go to uh, iTunes, or Spotify, or whatever platform you use to listen to this podcast. And if you would, subscribe to this so that you could get updated podcasts. Um, yeah, that would be, I would, I would appreciate that. And, and we want to get the, the hope of who Jesus is to as many people as possible. Next time, next week, uh, when we do, when I do another podcast, I'm going to be looking at a topic that is pervasive, I think, within our culture right now, specifically within church culture, and that is talking about progressive Christianity. What is that, and why is it dangerous? And it, it is. And so I'll be talking about that next time on Crossroads and Culture. So I hope you'll join me uh, when I put out a new episode on progressive Christianity. Uh, 
next week. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. Thanks again for joining me on Crossroads and Culture.